Heated protests have erupted in some of Russia's ethnic minority regions over the government's mobilization order and the war in Ukraine. Now, the video from the capital, a predominantly Muslim region of Dagestan, about a thousand miles from Moscow, shows women arguing with police and questioning why their children are being drafted. In other confrontations, police responded with force. Arrests have been reported, and this video, the one you see there, shows officers, you can clearly see it, aggressively pushing back anti-draft demonstrators. We also saw big demonstrations at this anti-conscription rally in the far eastern Saka Republic. That's more than 3,000 miles from Moscow. Authorities there have acknowledged some residents have been enlisted by mistake. Now, meantime, many Russians are trying to evade conscription by just fleeing the country. At the border with Georgia, hundreds of cars, I mean, look at that, have waited in line to get out of Russia. One man spoke about the challenges he faced getting through the last major Russian city before hitting that border. There's wild corruption in Vladikavkaz, just incredible. You need to pay police to enter Vladikavkaz. This happens through mediators, so-called fixers, who solve the issues. You pay money and get to Vladikavkaz through a checkpoint, which is said to be set up to decongest the border. So, you pay the money to get to Vladikavkaz, and then you need to pay more to get out. After Russian President Vladimir Putin announced a partial mobilization of men to fight in Ukraine, Russia's neighbors saw their borders overwhelmed with people trying to flee. Estimates vary, but Russian publication Novaya Gazeta reports that at least 260,000 military-aged males have fled Russia after the draft announcement, and many of them are entering Georgia. Russia's southern neighbor, whose military occupies 20% of that country and last saw its troops invade the nation of some 3.5 million people back in 2008. Many countries in Europe are refusing to accept Russians on tourist visas, with Finland being the last nation to follow suit. But Georgia is one of the few nations that is taking Russians fleeing mobilization without any visa requirements. This has caused much consternation in the small Caucasus nation, with many saying the new Russian visitors are driving up rents and food prices, as many of them are supposedly from Moscow and St. Petersburg's middle classes. One Georgian opposition official, according to ABC News, says the new Russian arrivals pose a security risk. Up to 100,000 estimated to have crossed into Georgia alone, and not everyone's welcoming Russians with open arms. The Georgian side has no precise information who those individuals are and what their real intention is while arriving in Georgia. We believe that such kind of migration from Russia in Georgia uh, poses an imminent threat to Georgia's national security, Georgia's economy and the stability in general. A Ukrainian refugee who was protesting Russians' arrivals at the Russia-Georgia border echoed the same concerns to television station France 24 English. They should be confident that all these guys who come here, uh, it's not a problem for Georgia because uh, we don't know who they are. Maybe they are Russian agents or Russian militaries and or deserters or uh, oh, some groups uh, uh, and after 
some time, uh, these all groups and Russian government will say that, oh, we have a lot of Russians in Georgia, we want to save them. The ruling party of Georgia, Georgia Dream, has not announced any plans to close its borders with Russia, upsetting many Georgians. And it is not clear exactly what measures have been taken to address security concerns many people in the country have about these new arrivals. Today, I will talk with the head of the opposition parties of Georgia, Hatia Dekanuidze, and activist Nodar Ruhadze, a founder of the Shane Movement, a civil society organization. For full disclosure, I reached out to members of the ruling party of Georgia, and none followed through on requests to participate in this episode. When I asked Hatia to break down her concerns over Russians entering the country, here's what she had to say. Georgian government does not handle it uh, because it's kind of very hectic, chaotic. Uh, they don't have the policy and they don't consider this as a threat of national security because for sure we consider it as a threat of national security. I mean, a lot of Russians on Georgian territory. Georgia is a tiny country. 20% of our territory is occupied. And uh, also, it's not the way how we can express a solidarity to Ukraine. So, I mean, first of all, it is a threat to national security because Kremlin doctrine and also Putin's doctrine is a way to so-called defending and protecting uh, the Russian speakers. We all remember 2008. We all remember what happened in Crimea, Ukraine, uh, 2014. And also, I mean, we all remember how they uh, are very much keen and leaning to uh, be involved in the internal affairs of Georgia, right? So that's why, I mean, a lot of Georgians considered it as a threat uh, this is first. The second, I mean, uh, okay, what are they going to do here? They are coming like thousands. The first wave um, began in March uh, after, the, after the Russian aggression. Uh, even then, we uh, opposed to the huge, I mean, influx of uh, Russians. And we said as an opposition and also civil society and some of the citizens of Georgia that the well, I mean, uh, we don't consider that the Russians can be refugees because we only consider Ukrainians that they are refugees because they're fleeing from their country, uh, from shelling, from Russian tanks, Russian soldiers. And uh, to say frankly, I mean, myself, I don't really believe in two Russians. So, I mean, the first way was about somehow like, 300,000, this is a statistic, what they provide. From September 2021, 20, I mean, they said that about 70,000 entered, 70,000, uh, 70, but also they are, I mean, the government, that, that they're telling that they may be just, not maybe, but the, according to the statistics, like 61,000 left the country. So uh, right now, according to Georgian government, about 60,000 Russian citizens are in Georgia. But to say frankly, I mean, I don't believe in the statistics. I don't believe that, that they are providing the very, you know, just the accurate statistics because, you know, it's so much easy 
to uh, really just uh, reshape and reshuffle the statistics from the Ministry of Internal Affairs because there is no security oversight on the ministry. So, uh, I mean, you probably have seen that, um, I mean, there are the thousands of Russians, uh, Russian citizens, especially the young males, they're on Larsi border checkpoint. And uh, they are just, you know, just buying the bicycles and uh, they are just uh, buying some kind of, I don't know, they, I mean, it's like, it's like the huge wave of the people, citizens, I mean, you know, at the checkpoint. It's so much uh, sad story for our government and for our state when, you know, just uh, we all seen the 2008, how Russians uh, were on their tanks coming to Tbilisi. Uh, and right now they're coming from Larsa to Tbilisi and to Batumi, Kutaisi and different cities to just escape from Putin. If they want to escape Putin, they have to stay in Russia and they have to definitely fight there. But unfortunately, I mean, I can't consider them as refugees. Many countries in Europe are refusing to accept Russians on tourist visas, with Finland being the most recent nation to follow suit. But Georgia is one of the few countries that is taking Russians fleeing mobilization without any visa requirements. This has caused much consternation in the small Caucasus nation, with many saying the new Russian visitors are driving up rents and food prices, as many of them are supposedly from Moscow and St. Petersburg's middle classes. As news of the Bucha massacre comes in, crowds gather for a vigil outside the Ukrainian embassy in Tbilisi, the event organized by Russians living in Georgia. Russia has a fascist regime and one that has to be overthrown. These Russians have fled Putin's repressive rule and come to Georgia. Among them, people like Tanya and her children. What's happening now is unbearable. Horror and pain. I don't know. I'm speechless. Artyom and Alexei have also been trying to settle here since the war broke out. Back in Moscow, they faced the threat of being arrested. But Russians are not necessarily welcome in Georgia. Posters on the streets boast special offers for the new arrivals, but the links present them with images of the war accompanied by captions. Igor Koruptev has been living in Tbilisi for 10 years now. He's happy to help his compatriots. Tens of thousands of Russians have already arrived. People here are afraid that Putin could invade to rescue them. That's the way it always goes. It's noon in Tbilisi. Hundreds of people have gathered outside the Orthodox Kashveti Church to honor a Georgian killed while fighting as a volunteer in the Ukraine war. Igor Koruptev is among the mourners. Back home, he worked as a media producer. But the restrictions on press freedom in Russia heavily impeded his work. There are many Georgians risking their lives in Ukraine to stop Russia's war of aggression. The fallen soldier, David Ratiani, was a friend of Igor's. It's October and the EU is still pretty divided on the subject. I asked Katia what she thinks about the debate going on in Europe, especially those who feel Russians fleeing are avoiding death by evading conscription. 
we face even more danger. I mean, letting uh, the huge wave uh, of Russian citizens. Georgia, uh, for Georgia, I mean, the, this huge wave of immigration from Russian, you know, Federation is kind of very big threat because again, we're occupied. I don't know about the motivation of Germans and uh, uh, why they think that uh, they're, they're under the threat because uh, even before or even up to the 20, 24th of uh, February when uh, Russia Putin invaded Ukraine and that the, they started the Russian aggression, these people never protested against war, right? So, I mean, they only fled the country when it's about their personal threat, right? I mean, they don't want, just simply, they don't want to go to war and uh, they don't want to be under the danger and under the threat. So they're personally, personal security. So what we answer and respond and how we can respond to thousands of Ukrainian women and kids uh, who are right now in Poland and they lost their, or in any other, I don't know, Georgia or Moldova and they lost their houses and their apartments and their apartments are shelled and their very closed ones are dead because of Russia and Putin. So uh, for us, uh, they are even more dangerous than probably the tanks because um, uh, Russia is occupant. Uh, the country which I mean which occupied the 25% of our territory the country which killed a lot of people uh, not only in 20, 2008 in Georgia in uh, 2008 but also in early 90s in Abkhazia and South Ossetia and also in 2008 in South Ossetia I mean in Skin Valley region right so this is a this is a point for main point for a lot of Georgians well, maybe, I mean, it's they are not the danger for Germans, but I can assure you and I can assure any citizen of Europe, European Union that the huge concentration of Russian population where they can, I mean, uh, where they can um, have their own communities, it's kind of very dangerous for 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 local communities uh for my from my perspective i think that the, well i mean uh the way must be stopped but georgian government can let georgian citizens in and uh, i mean the people who's got georgian passport because there are a lot of georgian citizens in russia currently coming also from Larsi to georgia too but unfortunately i don't see any other uh, any other solution rather than you know just stopping the way because they are the danger nobody knows how many russians will stay in georgia what kind of uh, decision will be made by putin later um even though i believe that the, he will be defeated uh, very soon by ukrainians and that his grave will be in ukraine but you know i mean we have to think about our own country and we have to think about the national security so and we had been saying it in 2008, but nobody listened to us. So right now, I mean, we're saying it again that, well, guys, I mean, look at the wave. So why they're, why they're, why they want to protect themselves? I understand maybe personally, but you know, the, also their obligation and duty is also to stay in Moscow, in St. Petersburg, in Rostov and to fight and, you know, just uh, organize a protest against Putin. For now, there is no indication that the flow of Russians entering Georgia will ebb anytime soon. 
The television network DW spoke with some Russians who are trying to get established in Georgia. Here are some of their stories. Georgia is a popular refuge for Russians, as they can enter the country without a visa, a policy that Georgia hoped would attract Russian tourists. Now, many political refugees are coming instead. Artyom Patukov and Alexei Voloshinov are among them. They're both opposed to the war and are members of the opposition from Moscow. Both were threatened with prison there and fled to Tbilisi at very short notice. But these posters all over the city are a rude awakening. In English and Russian, they promise discounts for concerts in Russian, but instead the QR codes take you to this war footage from Ukraine with the message, it's not just Putin's fault. It's a kind of trap. The QR code conceals what's actually behind it. It says it's about a music platform. In Russian, many music platforms are no longer available. But it's a kind of bait. This video is aimed at all Russians. Of course, I can't agree with everything in it. But I certainly don't deny responsibility for what's happening. We are all responsible. Nodar, the activist from the Shane movement, said tensions are rising as more Russians enter the country and socialize amongst themselves as many Georgians stand by unapprovingly. Russia became this uh, dominant microgroup, uh, which is basically everywhere at this point. Uh, and you mentioned the occupied territories and the fact that Russians will never learn Georgian in Georgia. Uh, they, they have this uh, imperialistic mindset of uh, uh, communicating with everybody instantly in Russian. So they assume that uh, because we'll be part of their, uh, their colonial in, uh, empire, we almost know Russian. So, so, so it is already giving some kind of tension because like um, young people in Georgia don't know Russian. Like, uh, we, we have no idea like uh, how to spell uh, what the words are. So yeah, I have seen and read many stories uh, of Russians uh, and, and young Georgians interacting, uh, for example, in a cafe or, or, uh, or, or restaurant where uh, Russians have directly asked uh, for a service on Russian and Georgian young people refused. So, so this kind of like uh, minor, uh, like little and major tensions uh, are seen uh, all around Georgia. Like uh, I, I hope you've seen um, a very like viral video um, that um, surfaced like uh, probably two weeks ago, where um, uh, Georgian like elder women actually um, stopped the bus. Uh, and uh, um, and told Russian citizens to just go out because uh, they were chanting uh, Slava Russia, like uh, praise to praise praise to Russia in Tbilisi. As I said at the beginning of this episode, I reached out to Georgia Dream to get their perspective on their position to allow Russians to enter the country, but did not hear back. I also reached out to an organization that helps Russians adjust to life in Georgia, but didn't get a response. 
I try my best to provide as many perspectives as I could. But I have to be honest, I do sympathize with Georgians and other Eastern Europeans whose countries have been colonized or formerly ruled by Russia for decades and see Russians, even non-combatants, as occupiers. I find that most people who sympathize with the Russians fleeing mobilization are Westerners, mostly white people with no personal connections or history to oppression. To be clear, I'm not anti-immigrant. In fact, I believe many of the undocumented people in the United States deserve amnesty. But none of these people are coming from nations that have exercised aggression against us. In fact, many immigrants to the U.S. come from countries where America was the aggressor one way or the other. But I think the situation in Russia is different. So I understand why so many people in Georgia feel uncomfortable about what is happening. I asked Hatia how she responds to people who say that she and other Georgians are stereotyping Russians and that they too are victims of Putin's regime. Uh, again, I mean, for me, there is no two. There, I mean, for me, I can see that there can be two Russias, right? I mean, the one Russia which is good and the another which is bad. For me, there is one Russian Federation which occupied my country uh, and uh, I mean, occupied Abkhazia and. Uh, for instance, I mean, today we have seen, and probably you might also seen the information that uh, Lukashenko, dictator Lukashenko, arrived in Abkhazia. Uh, Putin in, uh, is in Sochi, so I mean, it's because of his support. He uh, probably, and he's, that's that's my perception that uh, he's going to recognize Abkhazia as a sovereign, uh, independent country. So, I mean, for me, uh, I, will res I would respond to those people who definitely want to somehow victimize Russians. That, uh, well, I mean, um, I, I would invite them in Georgia. I would invite them in, in Bucha. I would invite them in Irpin. And I would invite them, you know, even here in the occupation line where that there's still a lot of houses, you know, burned houses and, you know, a lot of Georgians can definitely go to their homes. So for me, I'm a person uh, which uh, definitely have seen three wars since early 90s from Russia. This will be an ongoing issue that will not produce any immediate solutions, but we have to have an open dialogue about why so many Eastern Europeans are against Russian tourists entering their countries and why many in Western Europe feel differently. I'm Terrell Starr, and thank you for listening to this week's episode of Black Diplomats. Please go to iTunes or your favorite podcast platform and give us a five-star rating. Hope you like this new format and that it's easier for you to follow along with the subject matter. I'm signing off now. Talk to you next week.